I'm Meg. I'm Drea. I'm Tina. And I'm Jess. And this is Pardon My Stash. Welcome to Pardon My Stash, a podcast about knitting, the fiber arts, and how awesome it is. Before we start tonight, let's talk about what we're working on, Drea. I am working on the border for the Celtic Myth Shawl by Aceta Krebs, Cascade Heritage Sock in the color moss. Cables are my jam. <laughs> yes, and because we're into February now, Pardon My Stash crew, we've started on the border for the Pardon My Stash knit along. Um, you can follow on Instagram, hashtag Pardon My Stash, K-A-L. If you are so inclined, we hope you'll join us. We like to see your stuff. Yes, definitely. Also, if you're interested in a color-coded chart that is posted in our blog on pardonmystash.com. And the color coding makes it so much easier it does, to follow. They do use um, some odd uh, symbols for their for their it, cables it's yeah. a little hard it, to follow if it's you're not. a little hard to read and the and the um the key at the bottom the the legend is a little squished it, yeah so, so it, it is very i separated that for for everybody so it's a little bit easier to read and thank you drea for doing that for us all yeah appreciate it mostly. i'm here to help <laughs> <laughs> tina i am still working on the sunbeam pullover by knititude in Landlust Marina 180 uh, in color 202, which I still don't know what the color is, but it's dusty pink. <laughs> it's very pretty. <laughs> yes. And I'm working on the body right now. You're going to look it up and one day it's going to tell you that that's it's gonna say that it's is salmon the color. or something. And that's I'm going to be like, that is absolutely not salmon. not a salmon color, but you know salmon. what? It could be named that because sometimes the names just don't make sense. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. It could be something it's odd. It's very true. Jess? Well, I have finished one of my bird feathered friends Ami Alongs. I'm, I'm not going to make the uh, the finish line for all five, but I have finished one. He's super cute. I'm probably um, going to start on the budgie. And then other than that, I have also started on the cabling edging of the Celtic Myth shawl, and I'm still plugging away at my I Am Dragon shawl. I'm actually done with the first color. I don't need to use it anymore, and I'm super excited about that get into that third one and the color choices you picked are blending really really well well aside from the pardon my stash knit along i am working on my rhinebeck sweater which is called jazzagal by mary anarella um, i have finished the neckline and the increases for the yoke and i am starting on the actual lace patterning for the yoke and so far so good it's really exciting and i'm knitting it in hedgehog fibers skinny singles and the colorway pet rock yeah which is like kind of a lavender gray with almost like a tweedy speckle it's really pretty pretty. it's real i love it uh be sure to check out our website pardonmystash.com for more information as well as pictures regarding our current projects patterns and yarns and now knitting socializing and community with meg For my knitting topic this week, I'm going to be focusing on the history of social knitting, uh, bloggers, podcasters, other than us, knit conferences, and social knitting topics. This week, I want to start with the one and only Yarn Harlot. Most of you have heard of her. Many of you likely follow her. And if you don't, I'm here to convince you that you should. I stood behind her at Rhinebeck once. It was really (laughs) exciting. (laughs) She always... I was going to say hi, but then I got nervous and I didn't. I know. I know. It was really, it's like, 
And the thing is, she always talks on her website about how small she is. She's only like five foot two. But you don't realize how like she really is a, a diminutive person. Yeah, she's very um, But small. she's larger than life, yeah. um, in the, especially in the knitting community. Um, so the yarn harlot's name is Stephanie Pearl McPhee. Um, she definitely isn't the first knitting blogger, but she's by far the most influential. I feel like this is a really timely topic to bring up this week because she just celebrated the 18th anniversary of starting her knit blog two weeks ago. To her. She does a, she does a uh, blog post every year to commemorate the length of time. Um, she started the blog in 2004 when she was a Canadian mom of three, a doula, a lactation consultant, and a completely obsessed knitter. Um, her best friend who was into computers actually set the blog up for her and was like, you need to find your people and you will find <laughs> them on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Just like we have found our yeah. people. Yeah. Yes. She wasn't wrong. <laughs> um, and since she started her knit blog, uh, it has launched an entire uh, knit-based career for her, including multiple New York Times bestselling books. Um, she does speaking engagements. She does book tours. And she also spearheads knitting retreats. She has also been known to go insane in Texas. Yeah. That's one of my favorite blog entries of all time. Um, if you if you are looking at her blog, if you Google Yarn Harlot Insane in Texas, that is a hilarious, um, hilarious entry. Um, there are two major reasons why I find her blog really remarkable. Um, the first is that um, while knitting factors into about, I'd say, 99% of her posts, she really does write from her heart and it's a blog about you know her life as well um she opens up about her experiences in a way that's really touching um i remember about two years before my father passed away her mother died very suddenly and when my dad died i went back and i read some of her entries and you know i'm sure at the time it was really painful for her to, to share that with everybody but it was um really comforting that she, you know, spoke from the heart like that. And she does that with everything, whether it's about, you know, happy things or sad things or messing up gauge or um, buying the wrong yarn for a project. It's fantastic. Yeah, having that kind of authenticity is really reveled in this day and age. Um, I feel like a lot of people like to put on what I like to call the Instagram face. Yes. Mm -hmm. Where everything is shiny and perfect and filtered. And oh, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> she actually, she is on Instagram. It's kind of the same. Like most of her posts, like I don't even realize it's her because it's like, oh, I made this like today. And I'm like, oh, that looks awesome. I want to make that today. And it's like food, guys. Like it's some, she didn't make a like knitting project. It's like, I made potato soup. And you're like, yes. <laughs> um, I was like, here's a picture of the snow outside my house. And it's like, oh, it's so quaint. Um, it, so it's, it's, it's actually, it is. It's kind of fun. It's just a slice of life. And it's like, oh, this is your normal person. Like any of us can actually relate to and we're very similar to. And it's it's kind of nice to see like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> the other thing that I really um, I find amazing about her is that she used her blog to launch. And I'm going to absolutely butcher this pronunciation because I don't speak French. Uh, Tricotuses Sans Frontières or Knitters Without Borders. Please don't make fun of me. I took Spanish. <laughs> uh, and uh, Knitters Without Borders has raised uh, nearly $2 million in donations for uh, Doctors Without Borders over the years. 
Um, and she has done all of this without a single corporate sponsor or advertiser on her blog. She does not accept any money um, for advertising on her blog, which I find commendable and also really impressive. Mm. I feel like I'm learning so much. I didn't know that. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm kind of an obsessed fangirl. <laughs> like it's, it's kind of bad. I'm not going to lie. I don't really... Um... I don't follow a lot of blogs. I don't read a lot of blogs. Um, I follow a lot of people on Instagram because I like looking at pictures, but my attention span doesn't uh, integrate into reading anymore. So unless I have a lot of pictures, I'm, I'm not looking. Well, she does have a lot of pictures. Yeah, that, so is a, that is a, that is a great stories, thing. Too. It's a lot of pictures. Um, and she does, she doesn't tend to write as often as she used to. Um, she used to be very, um, you know, regular, but over the last couple of years, she has become a little more sporadic in her writing. Um, but really, prior to Instagram, that's kind of where everybody met each other in mm -hmm. the knitting community was the blogverse. Um, and if you are a knitter who is kind of looking to open up your circle past Instagram, uh, or the occasional Ravelry group, uh, giving knit blogging a try is a really good idea or reading knitting blogs. I'm going to be talking about a couple of others over the next few weeks during your segment during my segments. Thank you. Um, and whether you read blogs or you want to start one yourself, if you like to write, um, it's a great way to get to know other knitters socially and maybe share a little bit more than we tend to do on Instagram. Yeah, there's only so much information that you can put within like a caption of a photo. Right. Mm. So I feel like there's mm. more of like a story that you can put when it's a blog. I mean, we even have that problem with part of my stash when we have to put so much details with the projects we're working on, the patterns we're working with and all that and yep. getting all that and techniques we're working with, um, getting all the information on our own blog. So I feel like uh, we can relate to that to a degree. Definitely. For today's topic, we're going to talk about intimidating knitting, uh, both the things that intimidated us when we were starting out and that we have overcome and the things that we are still intimidated by today, because I can assure you that even though all of us have been knitting for quite some time, there are still quite a few things that intimidate us. But let's start out with the stuff that used to that no longer does. Purling. Really? <laughs> you thought purling was intimidating? That's really uh, yeah. cute. Yeah, when, we, when we first started knitting, um, do you have any idea how content I was just doing garter stitch scarves? Oh, I remember. <laughs> she was Forever. Amazing. I remember. <laughs> I remember Never, you ever, actually amen. saying, um, I'm, I have no desire to learn anything else. I'm just going to be a scarf knitter. Yeah. I remember you oh, uttering yeah. those words. And I got bored with that real quick. <laughs> <laughs> but um, not before you made many, many garter scarves. They were good scarves. They though. were great scarves. I mean, scarves. I guess to be fair to you, you kind of first branched off into socks, which in the round you also didn't need to pearl all that often. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I'm I, on to I, you. I, I did pretty much go from scarves to socks, which um, I don't know if most people do that, but <laughs> that worked for me. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. I, I did a, a roll brim hat. Oh, that's right. Okay, that's everyone, right, that's which, right. which yeah. also requires no purling. <laughs> which also requires no purling. <laughs> I think everybody does that for like their first non-scarf project is the roll brim hat. Because it gets used yeah. to in the round, but it's big. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was that was the first thing that intimidated me. Currently, the thing that intimidates me most is making a sweater. And although I am doing it right now, and I, I think it's coming out okay, I keep double checking my gauge just to make sure that it is coming out okay. <laughs> I did 
come to a point in the pattern where they're like, you should have this many stitches. And I was short. And I was so afraid that I was going to screw everything up that I actually put my project down for two days and didn't touch it. That's, that's <laughs> fair. Sometimes it needs a timeout to think about what it's done. It's fair. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and wouldn't you know, it took me 10 minutes to fix it, but... <laughs> But those two days, man. Oh, my God. I was so scared that I was going to screw it up and then I was never going to have like a good sweater. And I don't think that having your count off by three stitches is really going to make like a huge, huge difference. But my harvest cardigan, the back. Yeah. I was off by like 20 stitches. Oh, well, I should be good then. And I just I literally <laughs> I literally said to myself at some, at some point during the yoke when I realized my back was completely, it wasn't, my sleeves were fine. Yeah. My back was completely off. And I was like, screw it. It's the back. It'll, it'll yeah. just be baggy. <laughs> you know <laughs> what? Um, Tina, I would never have known. Yeah. <laughs> Looking yeah. at that, I would never <laughs> have known it wasn't perfect. I, yeah. I've even worn it and it, and it, it fits fine. It, it yeah. hangs fine. Yeah. It doesn't um, look baggy in the back at all. Thank yeah. you for sharing your secret. It's my secret. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, guys, shame. 20 extra stitches. In, in a back. lot of cases, if you own it as a stylistic choice, people aren't going to know that it was a mistake. <laughs> Nobody's going to know unless you say something. Do it with confidence. I wanted to look like a bag lady, okay? <laughs> Congratulations. Achieved. Achieved. <laughs> you didn't achieve. That doesn't make you look like a bag lady. No, it really so doesn't. So you failed at that. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tina. You're failure at looking like a bag yeah. uh, I'll try again <laughs> I'll try again with my next sweater I believe in you <laughs> um, I have one what you got um, I and this is recent you're gonna laugh at me oh please long tail cast on oh. yes yes same I was I literally okay so I, I went from knitted cast on mm-hmm. to tubular cast on that's <laughs> quite the leap that I is skipped quite the everything leap. in between I <laughs> went from knitted to tubular right and then tubular was like really complicated and I was like okay if I could do tubular I then feel like I could, you could do pretty anything. much do any other cast so I was on. like all right let me so then I um I was doing a project that called for twisted German which is a modification of long tail yeah and I was like okay I'll try the twisted German so I was doing it and I'm doing it and I'm like wow I got it. I can do this. And then I was like, wait a second. This is essentially long tail with an extra twist. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Why have I never done long tail? Um, probably because the problem with long tail is that if you don't pull out enough yarn, you got to redo your whole cast on. There is a fine line between success and crushing failure on the yeah. long tail cast on. A and, very fine line. And that's why I like doing uh, the technique where if you have a cake of yarn, you can pull from the center pole and from the outside. Mm-hmm. I love that technique. To do the, the long tail. And that's very uh, successful because you don't have to worry about having too much or too little yarn being pulled out. It's an awesome technique. It's also awesome when you start by doing that instead of realizing that your tail is too short. So you just cut off a piece of the end to complete the tail. To rig that. And then you got to weave in like five ends instead (laughs) of one and ask me how I know. (laughs) Tell me more. Guys, I didn't want to rip it out. Like, it looked nice. It was just short by like two inches. Can you please just write a book one time that's just called like How I MacGyver My Whole Life? (laughs) How to Jerry Rig Everything. for things that were intimidating um mine was actually double pointed needles yes 
Absolutely. Like, did not like double-pointed needles, and honestly, for the longest time, too. Uh, and I still do this uh, when I have to use them, because I, I still hate using them, but I'm not, like, I'm just not going to do it anymore. Um, I, have, I usually get a ton of uh, needle caps, mm. and when I'm not using that double point, I just cap them. So they're just extra protection hanging out there like, with all these needle. And granted, it takes you longer to uh, to remove said protection. But yeah, uh, I, I still swear by that. If, if you're worried, like you're going to put it down and everything's going to slide on off. Uh, yeah, the point protectors. And the, those work like a charm. I don't think I was ever intimidated by using, you know, the octopus, the octopus rig that is like multiple uh, double points for, so you for a project. always think of it as a porcupine or a hedgehog. Yeah, yeah that too. <laughs> I always thought it was a, a, an octopus kind of because it had so many limbs. The first time I used DPNs, I got the cast on and I was really proud of myself. And then I did a, like a twist with my wrist and all of them fell all at once. <laughs> Excellent. Out of the project. I literally had one needle holding one, like Oof. one, like five stitches, row of five, and everything else fell out. Did a sad trombone play. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if there was ever time for a sad trombone noise, it, it was that. So <laughs> I, lo- I, looked, I looked down and I was like, this was just not meant to be. Because <laughs> the way I knit two, and this is why I also don't like it, I'm trying to learn those nine inch circulars because yes. I always get gaps in the stupid. Those are called ladders yeah yes. and, they and they suck, suck. yes um i love nine inch circulars no they're not I'm, i just have to get used to the um it's tight because it's a tight knitting it's tight so. yeah it feels different when you're using them but i actually just used the the nine inch circulars for the first time when i made the homeward bound mitts and they were a total game changer they really mm-hmm. are i actually want to knit a pair of socks this year i don't know which pair i'm gonna make but i'm i really want to use the nine inches on those just because i think it would make it so much easier to do the to do the sock if i do an adult sock it will be with a nine inch circular mm-hmm. We should do a sock knit along. I've actually done, I've done a baby sock mm-hmm. and I've done a Christmas stocking. But it's I, the same uh, principle. You've I don't already know what done it is about extremes. Goldie socks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is about extremes with me. Like I have to do like one end and the other, but I can't like do the like the normal in between average. Like I, I don't know what it is about that. But our next our next knit along can be, can be socks. Okay. Oh, I don't. I don't think. Wow. We'll, Me- we'll never well, get Jess. Let me describe no. Meg's face. That's a no. <laughs> I'm just not. You know, it's one of those things. Like, I mean, I will not judge you two if you do it. Like, you go on. Well, we I could don't. probably do them the same way that you and I did them. It's not my thing as much anymore. Um, like, I, I, I did them. I know I can do them. I'm glad I did the ones last year yeah. because it definitely changed my outlook on what I'm capable of doing um, mm. in terms of pattern socks. But I don't enjoy knitting them. What were you intimidated by, Meg? Oh, my my thing that I'm intimidated by? Mm-hmm. Laddering down to fix stitches. Oh, that's Absolutely. Um, so until recently, my two methods of fixing <laughs> stitches were to tink back Mm -hmm. which if it's multiple rows you're talking hours and hours and hours or yank the needles out and rip it back and then try to get the needles back on yep done that those were my two methods Um, i don't don't do that anymore until recently um i bought i mentioned it on the podcast um when we talked about the notions bag um but i bought this awesome little double-ended crochet hook from webs last summer and I use that to fix my stitches. And I'll tell you, the thing that has made me super comfortable with laddering down 
or getting super comfortable is the walk through Aspen shawl because the amount of times that I have miscrossed a cable mm-hmm. or purled one I should have knit and I'm, I'm now comfortable, not comfortable, um, every single time that I do it or I notice it just gets treated to a stream of obscenities. I, 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 I watched the entire, like, you know, five stages of grief happen. <laughs> Literally every time I have to do it. Um, and then I just, I, I, I wait until I'm in the right mindset. I buckle down and I just do it. And honestly, I'm really glad that I do it because as frustrating as it is, it's a lot less frustrating than tinking back. It's a lot cleaner and you don't have to worry about yes. losing more than, than yes. just the one. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yes, definitely. You know what I thought was going to be more complicated, but it wasn't? What? What? Brioche. Yeah. yeah. I've never tried it yet. Okay. It looks so wicked complicated. complicated. It does look complicated. Yeah. It is not complicated no. at all. No. It's especially, like, even the two color. It's really not. It's actually, I find the two color easier Easy. than yeah. the single color. Yeah. Brioche. Because you can see clearly which one you're sp- which one you're supposed to be layering at yeah. that m- moment in time. Um but yeah, I, I just did my first brioche project, and it I, came out good. I am in love with it. I'm gonna make a, a hat like that for me. Yeah, it's squishy. It's gonna be Seahawks <laughs> colors. I can't wait. <laughs> Mine's gonna be San Fran. Yeah, yeah. No, brioche seemed to be like this really like fancy. Like, oh my goodness, look at all these stitch work that you have to do. And it's I was like, so not. in awe when you started doing brioche. I'm like, wow, that's really advanced. No. It's really not. (laughs) No, I I think color work is really advanced, personally. Like, when you have to do uh, stranded color work and you have to catch the yarn and you have to, like... uh, That's it. To me, that's advanced. Mm -hmm. But I also have only done... The only color work that I've done is either stripes or stranded color work that I don't have to catch the yarn. Mm -hmm. So... Catching it is really easy, though. Like, uh, the first time I had to do it, when I did the Feodora capelet, I I remember, like, looking at the tutorials, and I'm like, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. How do you do this? And then I found one. I don't remember what it was. And I was like, oh, that's ridiculously easy. And it really is. Like, once you once you get used to catching the floats, it becomes second nature. You don't even realize you're doing it. No. Oh. Well. Two-handed color work. I found very intimidating at first and it took me a long time to get comfortable um, using both hands. Makes yeah. it so easy though. Um, it does make it so much easier. It's like that one requires a little bit of like you get the muscle memory down. Like right. it's just more confusing if you've you've only knit one way, but once you do get it, it is it's just muscle memory. Okay, but the first like two rows that I was uh I was knitting continental with the less dominant yarn. Oh yeah. It was like trying to teach a fish to ride a bike. <laughs> I was like, duh, duh, I don't know what I'm doing with my hand and it was so bad. Um but you get the hang of it. It's again, it's just muscle memory more than anything. It's it's training your dumb hand. It, it is. <laughs> Look, I've got I've got a hand that does everything and then I have a dumb hand that holds things, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Most of us do, unless you're lucky enough to be ambidextrous. Not I. <laughs> Neither am I. I have tons of things that still intimidate me. Like, like what? what? Um, and entrelac. Oh, you know, I wanted to get into entrelac uh, for Yahtzee. <laughs> <laughs> Can you please what leave that? What was that? <laughs> that? <laughs> oh, yeah, that came Who? Out of- 
from Drea? How? You weren't moving. She was moving it just wanted to enough. move, okay? <laughs> Wait. Is that the same? That needle I dropped this at least 12 times a day in your office while you're working. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, there's a reason why uh, all my row counters are now, like, pinned to my project because I keep dropping them. Because it's just eating itself into oblivion every yeah. time. Uh, but yeah, Entrelac. What, what is that? <laughs> That's where you're like almost knitting, like braiding. You're you're making like little squares and then you're braiding them into each other. Hmm. And um, we can put a picture on the website. Yeah, it's something that I wanted to try. I was never intimidated by the idea of it, but it it's not something that I looked into enough to actually make a project on. So fun fact: one of the reasons why Entrelac intimidated me so much is um, uh, because in the early days of reading the Yarn Harlot's blog, she started to knit Entrelac socks. Mm. And I want to say, like, after a week, she was like, yup, started a bonfire with that. Don't know what <laughs> happened to it. It just, it's gone. I don't and know if that's something that I would want socks made out of, but... I mean, it was a really pretty pattern. Um, yeah. But, you know, in my brain... Um, and again, this is 2000 and probably seven. I'd been knitting for like four years. I was like, oh, well, if she's having trouble with it, then there is no way I could ever do this. That's fair. Um, so Entrelac is one. Steaking is another. Oh, I actually cutting up your knitting. I actually just watched a video mm. on steaking because I was um, I was unsure about how that actually works. works. And, and the fact that it does work. Um. It, it does work. No, it does. Uh, yeah. But it is like, it It sounds like it shouldn't. It sounds like you should not be able to take scissors to your knitting mm-hmm. and have it not fall apart. Yeah. Um, and that scared the hell out of me. The idea that you could literally like spend however long to make a beautiful fair aisle project because usually that's why you're sticking. It's a fair yeah. aisle. Um, no, there was a video that, that I watched apart. where they put in like this crochet yep, uh, that's chain, a- and you pick up all the stitches, and then they're like, "That's me cutting." I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why. That's the sound of scissors cutting. Yeah, that's the sound of scissors cutting. But yeah, sticking I don't think ever scared me, but I think it definitely confused me because it didn't make sense to me. So you would you would be ready to cut up a sweater? Yeah, I think I could do really? it. Really? I think I could. Ooh. I don't know. I would like to try it someday, but I th- I ugh. think that I could do it the same way that I overdyed that shawl that I did. You know, in the way that I felt like I was going to barf the whole time I was doing it, but then it turned out okay. <laughs> See, that's what I mean by intimidating. But yeah, though. it's it like you're going to do it, but yeah. you're like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm actually doing this right now. So. One wrong move and it's See? all gone. Yeah, exactly. I'm, tra- I'm trying to think of things because it's really hard for me because most of the time I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do this and it's going to work and then it doesn't work. It's like, well, crap, how do I fix it? Oh, I'm going to fix it like this and it's, it's the way it was supposed to be, clearly. Um, and I don't really think of it in the moment most of the time. Like, oh, stuff could go wrong. I'm like, no, nah, it says it's going to work, so That's it's going to work. Fine. And, <laughs> you know, sometimes it doesn't work and I'm like, oh, I wasn't expecting that to happen. Well, Time to just some weave in some ends there and I'm gonna tie some knots and it's all good. It'll be fine. It's all good. I don't know why my voice um, is all squeaky. And I, I, I kind of like uh, I tr- 
I trust what they're telling me is going to work too much. Someone's clearly done this before. Yeah. Clearly. I mean, that's how I feel about going into a lot of stuff for for knitting. Somebody else has already done it. Clearly it works. Some things I just don't want to do, but. (laughs) I found creating, I mean, this isn't like knitting itself, but more like pattern designing, Mm. but Mm. um, creating your own charts. I found that to, I thought it was like going to be really scary to make my own chart. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to like translate my written patterns into a chart. And then I had, and then I made a pattern recently that really would benefit from a chart because it was just I I wrote out the written instructions and it was like I can't even read this. This is a lot. This is a lot. Um so it was like, okay, let me um let me try to chart this and I'm like, okay, all right, let me okay, maybe I can do this. Maybe and then I was like, oh, all right. I just picked the symbols and then it's it's, so I I signed a I signed a key to the symbols. And I use symbols that are globally recognized. Mm-hmm. And then I put them in the right boxes. Oh, well, I like that. And then, and then you call it a day. And I'm like, all right, I think I got this. So it's, yeah, I, th- I think making charts for me were really intimidating. And probably, I would say, 10 years ago, reading a chart would have been yes. intimidating. Oh, my God. Not yes. now, but like now I, I can relatively look at a chart and be like, okay, as long as they're using like globally re- recognized symbols when they start using their own symbols that's when i'm like girl it's a little tough <laughs> i don't know um, what's going on <laughs> that's fair you don't know what can but. be into actually and i forgot about these things that are still a bit intimidating pattern wise um crochet graph patterns go ahead and look one of them up because crochet graph patterns are as drea looks one up <laughs> they're they can be really intense and and simple ones can be pretty you're like oh, okay okay this this is good but then you get to other ones and again there are universal symbols and then there are non-universal symbols so the non-universal ones goes even more into like oh my god but even figure out where the heck they're starting sometimes on these you're like oh yeah you you found one i see let me see <laughs> oh drea's face i want to see it <laughs> <laughs> for the for the listener, Drea is uh, confused. She's she's turning her phone a little bit. We're trying trying to zoom, yeah, because you could try trying to zoom. To, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to zoom so I can so I can see it a little bit better because it's not it's not doing so good. <laughs> Maybe if I hit this button, this, this looks like a zoom. Is that a zoom? No. <laughs> Long story short, it's complicated. <laughs> okay, all right. Why hold didn't on. I just go to Ravelry? That was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so I this is actually stop. a pretty simple crochet lotus chart. It's actually pretty. I've I've done these before. Whoa. Let me see. Hello. How do you? That's easy. This is when you actually read it. The the stitches themselves are actually pretty easy. Now, whenever I find myself using a crochet chart. The longest time it takes me is because I, I will look at this chart until I can at least somewhat figure out what's going on. But a lot of times it's really just I'm going to do the one row. And when I get to the next one, hopefully I'll understand it. And if I don't, we're going to look at it for another 40 minutes <laughs> until I understand that one. Um, yeah, this one is actually relatively simple because they're not overlapping. Sometimes yeah. they're, they'll overlap and there will be lines going back to the center of your work. And they're like, yeah, even though you're on row like 20, you want to like go back to the middle for this one thing and then go back to row 20. And I'm like, what? 
Um, so yeah, crochet charts. If you can read those at just a glance, like that is amazing because what a foreign language. Woo! They, they get a little intense. And that's all the time we have for today. For additional content and opportunities to connect with the cast, check out our Patreon or website at pardonmystash.com. Be sure to tune in next week for more fun friends and fiber at Pardon My Stash. Thank you.